in the house. Let me hear your bark. Let me see your bite. Let me see your scar. You know what we about. Come see us in the yard. This is war. Welcome to an emergency edition of All We Hear is Purple. I'm Andrew Berg. I'm joined by Max Bruman. We're here to talk very briefly about the offensive coordinator hiring uh, of Joe Donovan. We're going to talk a little bit about Donovan's history, uh, what we know about his resume to date, and then uh, what that might mean for the Huskies. Uh, Max, give me your general uh, quick summation of how you're feeling today. I know it's been a rough 24 hours for Husky fans in general. Kind of give me the rundown of that, and then let's dive into Joe Donovan, the coach, a little bit. Well, it's almost 2 p.m. I have not eaten since about 6.45 this morning, and I am fighting a cold. So I feel like I'm in the perfect headspace for being able to talk about this offensive coordinator hire. Um, when, when I saw the news this morning, I, like literally every Husky fan in existence, had no idea who John Donovan was. Uh, did a little bit of research, and let's just say less than impressed on that resume. So getting into what that resume actually is, uh, played football at Johns Hopkins, so smart guy, good good start. Uh, from there, had a GA job at Georgia Tech, spent some time at Maryland, and then first big job at Vanderbilt under James Franklin as the OC there. Uh had a very good offense by Vanderbilt standards, but Vanderbilt standards are not quite Washington standards. But nonetheless, that was good enough to get Franklin sent over to Penn State, uh, and Donovan followed him there, uh, became the offensive coordinator there, and put up one of the worst offenses in all of uh, power college football while at Penn State. After two years there, that was enough to get him the axe uh, was replaced by Joe Moorhead, who uh, has been in the news recently, as you might have seen if you were a college football fan. Uh, and he went on to, and I should say Donovan went on to be a offensive assistant with the Jacksonville Jaguars, primarily as a running backs coach. Uh, the key points of that resume, again, some success at Vanderbilt, averaged almost 30 points there at one of the worst SEC programs. Uh, so, you can take it or leave it. By advanced metrics, it was a mid-60s-ish offense, so not quite as good as the points per game might make it seem, but still pretty good for Vanderbilt. And then at Penn State, you can talk about the uh, extenuating circumstances, and I'm sure we will, but uh, did not put up results there. And after getting let go, the team immediately got better. Um, I guess I'll let you touch a little bit on uh, some of those circumstances around there and why there might be a little bit of optimism that can be gained from that, but it's not a lot. Yeah, and it, I mean, it, it is kind of anonymous. I think we all rushed to our laptops or phones to Google John Donovan this morning. Uh, it, he's so anonymous that I even just called him Joe Donovan in the intro, and when you Google his name, the first person who comes up is a journalist who wrote a book about autism. So it's not that guy. It's the other John Donovan that Max was describing. Oh, because I – oh, okay. <laughs> As you alluded to, uh, yeah, you, you got the right one. Uh, the the Columbia journalist is a totally different John Donovan, who, as far as I know, we have not offered a job to. Although the way the coordinator search went, tight end coach is open at some point. Yeah, I would still need a tight ends coach. Um, 
So, like you alluded to, he spent two years at Penn State. People may remember that Penn State got in some trouble about a decade ago. They were down 40 scholarships at the time he took over, and the way that worked out for timing was uh, the two classes where they basically didn't have – they had extremely limited scholarships were what would have been the upperclassmen the two years that he was their offensive coordinator. You know, being down 40 scholarships matters no matter where you are. Uh, they did have – pretty solid skill position players. They were largely too young. Uh, among them was Chris Godwin, who's now on the Bucks, and Saquon Barkley, who is you know, maybe the best player in college football, but he was a true freshman uh, when Donovan was the offensive coordinator. And then their offensive line, I, I tried to reconstruct a, a depth chart of who was playing at that time, and it appeared that they only had four scholarship players who were in their upper-class years. So they were leaning pretty heavily on freshmen and true sophomores across the depth chart, and, and there were you know guys who were listed as, as a starter at one position on the line and uh, the top backup at two other positions and things like that. So it was, it was not an encouraging situation. The results were bad. What can we take away from that? It's kind of indeterminate. Uh, but I think one, one of the things we talked about uh, offline earlier today on our Slack uh, channel was – there's one one way to distill this is that the Penn State offense was not good when he was the offensive coordinator. That could mean he's a bad coach. It could mean that it was a bad offense and it wasn't going to matter who the coach was. But it's certainly not evidence of him being a good coach. Uh, we can't take anything good away from that. And you know, certainly we would like to hire somebody uh, who we would we could say something good about. Um, I think worth noting a little bit in his history, his coaching tree. You mentioned he started at Georgia Tech. Uh, George, George O'Leary was the head coach there, famous longtime college coach. Uh, Ralph Regan was an assistant there, and he followed Regan to Maryland. He and Franklin both came from that coaching tree. So if you're looking back a couple branches, it's kind of O'Leary to Regan to Franklin uh, to Donovan. That doesn't mean a whole lot, but uh, that's, that's kind of the scope of influence that he has had so far. Uh, I'm going to propose that we take a very quick break because we do need to build in a little bit of time for ads, and we're going to come back on the other side, and we're going to talk about what this means for the Huskies in addition to just what Donovan's personal history is. So stick around. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking with us. We're still talking about John Donovan. We're moving into what the offensive coordinator hire will look like on the field for the Huskies. So, Max, give me a quick overview. Obviously, we got to take a bit of a wait-and-see approach, but tell me what you think might look similar to Bush Hamden's tenure and what might look different uh, in how Donovan approaches the offense and the play calling. Yeah, we know at Penn State he was also the tight ends coach. Uh, he was at least listed as the lead recruiter on 247 for Mike Jasicki, who uh, did very well in his time at Penn State, mostly after uh, Donovan left. But uh, he liked to use two tight ends. Uh, in the press release, Lake said that he's hoping this is going to be an aggressive pro-style system. Um, that seems to translate fairly closely to the philosophy that has been run under Chris Peterson and Bush Hamden and Jonathan Smith and that entire uh, part during the Peterson tenure. Um, I don't know that we necessarily know much outside of this. Uh, you can't exactly say that Jacksonville in his time in the NFL led to them running some kind of exotic offense. Um, this is not somebody who's going to be a Joe Brady or a uh, Lincoln Riley and suddenly totally transform us to this spread look that's going to have all of this innovation. 
you know, maybe he's able to do some of that, but there's no indication in the resume outside of just hoping that he is an intelligent human being who can look around the landscape of college football and see what's working and make adjustments from it. Otherwise, uh, this doesn't look like it's going to require a major change in the shape of the roster. This isn't like Wazoo is going to face if they hire someone who's not from the air raid where suddenly they're left with way too many wide receivers and offensive linemen and way too few everything else. I think we're going to be able to keep the tight ends on the roster the way that we are, and maybe this helps with Jack Yeri coming uh, as part of the late signing period here. But otherwise, I don't know how much you can really say that this moves the needle in terms of the approach that Washington is going to take outside of maybe we take more shots downfield and get a little bit riskier. But that's all you yeah. can say. I, I think it's it's probably also worth pointing out, uh, you mentioned that hopefully he's been learning. Donovan was very young. He was, I think, uh, 36 years old when he first took over as the offensive coordinator at Vanderbilt, which is quite young for uh, an OC in the in a conference as big as the SEC. Uh, he was the offensive coordinator at Penn State when he was about 39 years old. So there's that's a point in somebody's coaching career when you would hope they still have an, the ability to learn new things and grow. He's only 45 now. Uh, he spent those last few years uh, in Jacksonville doing a variety of different coaching jobs there with quarterbacks, with tight ends, with running backs. Uh, he the connection with Jacksonville appears to be that uh, Doug Marone, the Jags coach, uh, previously coached under George O'Leary, also at Georgia Tech, so they have some similarity in their coaching tree there. So whatever we can glean from that, uh, I think you're right. Personnel-wise, we're probably going to see some similarities. Probably still see some two tight end sets. We have the personnel for it. Personally, I'm not opposed to that. I, I think the thing I would like to see change is more vertical passing as a lot of fans would probably like to see it didn't go well this year when we tried to do it but you know how much of that was Jacob Easton versus how much of that was scheme uh, it's is hard to pin down but if, if an offensive coordinator can come in and use similar personnel but do it in a way that gets the ball downfield for more explosive plays I think that would kind of be best of both worlds and as far as Donovan's role in that I think the way you said it is correct that it's going to take him continuing to learn and develop rather than looking at the things he's done before and seeing a direct translation in that uh, into that style of football. Uh, is there anything else either in his recruiting or the types of work that he's done so far that that stands out as noteworthy to you other than uh, kind of the, you know, the, the buzzword of we're going to keep saying the phrase pro style until uh, it finally starts working? There's not a lot else that's there. It's, it's really focusing on what's not there for me. And personally, the things that I wanted to see out of this hire are at least one of these components of either having an experienced coach who had been a head coach or offensive coordinator at a major level with some level of success at some point in his career, uh, having a young upstart who at least had some innovative ideas that you could pin on that, and or someone who had uh, a real panache for recruiting. And to the best of my knowledge, Donovan doesn't really hit any of those check boxes. The closest you can get is just saying that someone who has spent five years at two different jobs as an offensive coordinator on in power programs across the country. Um, but I would kind of hope that you'd at least have one top 40 even season as an offense nationally um, from that role. But there's, this is really a hire that Jimmy Lake has gone out on a little bit of a limb. 
and clearly you really have to trust that he knows what he's doing in that none of us think that Jimmy Lake is a stupid person. You would hope that he's not going to make a hire this important that does not meet everything to his satisfaction. Um, and it, it's unfortunate to be in a position where we really just have to say, trust Jimmy Lake when he's a first time head coach after we've had Chris Peterson. Um, but Chris Peterson got some offensive coordinator hires wrong as well. Um, so there's just not quite that track record, but I'm, I'm doing what I can to stay helpful. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, there are a lot of unanswered questions. I think enough time has passed uh, during this search that we would like more answers at this point. If we'd hired Donovan out of the gate on, you know, day three after Hamden was fired, we'd probably actually feel better about it, but it does feel like I a think bit so. of a consolation yeah. prize. So with that in mind, we don't know a lot about him as a recruiter. We don't know what stylistic changes he would have made uh, being in the NFL. We don't know how successful he would have been absent the sanctions at Penn State. So all we can do is wait and see. Uh, Even if we don't want to do that, we don't really have any choice. That's what's going to happen anyway. He's going to get a baptism by fire. Game one is against Michigan. Uh, It's going to be scary. We don't know who the quarterback's going to be. We're going to have new offensive linemen, at least three of them, two new starting receivers, new running back. It's going to be a brave new world. It's going to be a little bit scary, but I can't wait to see what happens. And sometimes the unknown is more fun than the known. And now our expectations at a reasonable level, maybe they can exceed them. Uh, Any final thoughts? I know we've got to wrap up. We're on a tight window here. But uh, is there anything else you want to add before we sign off? just want to say this feels very much as a Seahawks fan that, that this is very familiar. This is basically like John Schneider and Pete Carroll taking Bruce Irvin at, with like the 14th pick who no one had had as a, you know, top three rounder and just saying, well, let's hope this works out. And there have been plenty of times it has and plenty of times it hasn't. And we're going to have to wait and see. And that's not very uh, a very easy approach for people in the Twitter era, but we'll find out. All right, that sounds good. Thanks for uh, coming in listening on a quick turnaround. Uh, we will be back. We promised to come back with an OC update, and this is that. We will, uh, Gabe and I will come back at some point in the next few weeks to do a little bit more of a deep dive on it. If you didn't already and probably didn't given the time frame, make sure you listen to our year-end awards podcast that got posted on Friday morning. It might not be showing up in your feeds because this one will have superseded it, but appreciate it if you give that a listen. It was very fun and it was super weird. Uh, and as we finally wrap up here, I did want to give uh, make one correction on that podcast. Podcast. I uh, gave the year-end award for the best tailgate food uh, to uh, some sous vide duck sliders. I finally got the recipe back for the breakfast from the North Dakota game, which was a taco version of huevos rancheros with marinated flank steak and a roasted red chili pepper sauce. So just wanted to make that correction. I was given the wrong envelope. And with that, thanks for listening, and have a good weekend, everybody.